0: Father God, thank you again. Thank you for uh, guiding us and leading us. uh, Most importantly, leading us to salvation through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and his completed work on Calvary's cross. And then at the appointed time, his glorious resurrection. And then at the appointed time, his ascension to be at your right hand. Father, I thank you so much that he's interceding for us there and that the Holy Spirit as well does, does this great work of intercession. And uh, we're so thankful that even though we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit does because he knows your perfect will. So the whole issue of praying according to the will of God is being resolved um, through that great, great work of the Spirit. Father, we're also enjoined to uh, to uh, <clears throat> yield ourselves to you and to receive and accept your perfect will uh, as it's accomplished in and through us and around us. So, Father, we we just commit ourselves to you and to your grace and its glories. We know that your grace is always sufficient. Uh, we see great obstacles ahead and on the sides as the enemy continues to work. We do see them. We do feel their consequence we know them sometimes rather intimately but uh, father we know that you are always with us your love will never forsake us uh or turn away and in a real sense your good hand rests upon each one of us but father we just commit ourselves to you also your your uh, your, your people the people of israel father the jews and uh, please continue to protect them and that would be uh, uh give us a cause for great thanksgiving father but father i do pray that they re- re- reorient their thoughts minds and hearts to you as uh, they would take seriously uh, the word of truth that has been preserved not only for us father but for for them for for your people the jews and uh father i i pray for our nation that's suffering so greatly from uh, the effects of turning against you for so many years now. Please uh, deliver us from that. Bring us back, Father, I pray, uh, into the realm of uh, blessing, uh, spiritual blessing, Father. We pray for revival. We pray that many would be saved in these dark and last days. And I pray, Father, that those that lead and guide us in our governmental authorities, whether they be federal, state, or local, that that they would have their hearts and minds also set on you. Please keep our president safe and all those that that, uh, would faithfully serve to watch over our nation and to uh, defend its uh, constitutional liberties. Father, we know that our liberties ultimately are from you. No one can take them away. But um, as far as governments go, Father, uh, certainly... Uh, There are many ways in which the enemy still works. So, Father, I just pray that you deliver us from the culture of death that has so consumed the soul of this nation. And uh, may it be returned to a culture of life, liberty, and uh, the pursuit of godly happiness. Father, we would ask now that you watch over us as we open your word, that you may have your will and purpose accomplished here today. In Christ's name, amen. Well, let me remind you and myself as we begin today that our gathering is in the name of our Lord Jesus and his completed work of the cross and his glorious resurrection. And as we open his word today, may we keep that in mind. May we never forget it. Uh, it's easy to miss the forest for the trees uh, and uh when we do that, we, of course, miss something critically important. We miss the context, right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> though details are very important, we're really going to be focused in on them today. I hope we don't miss uh the overall scarlet thread, the grand, I, I could call it, the grand thread, the scarlet thread that weaves its way through the Bible. That's wonderful indeed, and we must never forget it. Uh, we're nearing the end of our studies in this uh, perhaps greatest biblical theme of all, which is namely the long war against God and the eventual and final victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Against the spiritual forces in the heavenlies, there are always arrayed against him. He is the promised seed of the woman, and therefore Satan's greatest goal has always been To destroy him and to destroy also his seed, which are the believers down through time, right? So uh, as we look into the word today, mostly in the book of Revelation, uh, we will see how that all will develop in the future. And uh, how in the end, as prophecy is fulfilled, uh, God accomplishes his purpose for the seed of the woman and the seed of the seed, as it were. In other words, his, by faith, offspring. Um, So even though our hopes today as members of the body of Christ and our expectations differ greatly from that of Israel and the Jews, and we read about that, of course, uh, on all of these pages in Scripture, but even though our hopes and, and expectations may differ uh, nevertheless, it is the completion of God's plan, uh, as he knows the end from the beginning, right? So um, it's the completion of his plan in which we will rejoice. And so when Israel uh, is uh, finally delivered and blessed according to the promises of God, uh, we also would have great reason to rejoice uh, in Scripture, there's a principle, and we looked at it last time in some detail, and I would just call it this, uh first the sufferings and then the glory, right? <laughs> That's how scripture, re- scripture refers to, this great principle, and we see it fulfilled, uh, not only in one dispensation or two, but in uh, all of them, first the sufferings and then the glory. It's hard maybe to comprehend that. Uh, Unless we think about our Lord himself, right, as the supreme example of that. First the sufferings and then the glory. Uh, The Lord, after his resurrection, while he has been walking with disciples on the road to Emmaus, uh, opened up scripture for them, showed them the scarlet thread throughout the entire Bible, and uh, said, if only you had understood that the sufferings had to come first. (laughs) And then... The glory could be revealed in its due time, right? So that's in Luke chapter 24 where we read of that. Now last time we looked, uh, at the great tribulation period, uh, in some detail, mostly though providing it kind of an overview. I wanted you to see some some key scriptures. In fact, that's what we're doing again today, key scriptures, things that maybe you haven't read for a while, but that if you had read those recently, they would be on your mind and in your hearts because the power of those scriptures is great, great indeed, and uh, we need to keep them in mind. Uh, Paul wrote... To the Corinthians that uh when we look at uh the Old Testament, we see how God worked with his own people uh and his own nation, right and uh he said there in first Corinthians chapter ten that these things were written for our admonish our admonition and for our example that we also might not uh turn away in idolatry as they did right so uh indeed god is faithful he was faithful to the jews under the law it was a conditional covenant so great judgment was brought upon them but in the end they will be delivered and we'll certainly read about that today so when we read prophecy we're we're reading about israel and not the church when we read uh, the mystery, as Paul calls it, we're reading about the church. uh Although even there, Paul was given understanding about how the church related to Israel in certain ways not previously understood, right, at all. So he says, uh, for example, that the great tribulation cannot begin until Israel is raptured. That's uh, part of the uh, sacred secret revealed to the apostle Paul. So we saw that several times back in our fellowship here. So prophecy is all about God's people, the Jews. Um, but um, God will bless his people again after the time of trial. Uh, in Deuteronomy way back uh, when the law was revealed, it was uh, stated in this way. This is Deuteronomy chapter four. If From thence, in other words, from that time of trial that I promise you will come into. If from thence you shall seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient unto his voice. And then he goes on and he speaks of their great salvation at that time. In the latter days, right, when all of these things that he had promised have come upon thee. So first the suffering and then the glory. Now I'd like us to read this summary statement. This is an amazing statement. I read it, read it, uh, last time and I uh, just like, uh, Patty, to read it now, because it summarizes the lesson of last time so well. Right, Patty? uh, Isaiah, chapter 66, verse 8.
1: Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, brought
0: forth her for children okay amen <clears throat> what an incredible summary statement does the lord know the end from the beginning absolutely right and he can state it of course through the prophet in such clear and succinct fashion now this image is an image of israel here as a woman in birth pangs okay it's it's very powerful and so relevant to the prophet's uh, namely Isaiah's uh, full statement there. There are many, many chapters devoted to this. In fact, from chapter 40 all the way down to the last chapter, chapter 66 of Isaiah's prophecy, we read about Israel's redemptive history and yet future, of course, in most respects. Although many of those chapters point to the coming uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, Israel's Messiah, right? But the woman, the image of the woman isn't only used in prophecy of, uh, of the um, nation of Israel finally, finally coming into its glorious uh, uh, inheritance. Um, it's not only used in that way because Satan is always seeking to conflict with and to destroy the plan of God. And so Satan also will use this image of a woman. We'll read about that today in the book of Revelation where we read about what's called Mystery Babylon or Babylon the Great six times and called there a woman. That woman is counterfeit. That is the counterfeit woman corresponding to the true woman of prophecy uh near and dear to the Lord's heart, and that is his own people, Israel, right? Okay, so... Uh, it's through great trials and much suffering that Israel will someday find that God's promises are uh going to be fulfilled in his perfect timing. Now, I took you to Jeremiah 30 last time because that's where we find this designation for this period of time in prophecy. And I'll read that again so we see how the Lord calls it with what words he uses there. They're so significant. So Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 4. And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. So these are the key words <laughs> that sort of define the whole prophetic future of that nation. For thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace, Ask you now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces are turned into paleness. So not only women, but men will be, as it were, uh, suffering that kind of trial at that time. And then verse seven, Jeremiah 30. Alas, for that day is great. So that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. Okay. So not only will Jacob, meaning the seed of of, uh, Jacob, the 12 tribes, ultimately come into great trial. But in the same breath, as it were, he He speaks with great uh, confidence and conviction. He says, but he shall be saved out of it. Apart from the uh, sovereignty of God, this could never occur unless God overwhelms his people in the way that we shall read about today. Right. Uh, So the time of Jacob's trouble is the first phase of three phases in the day of the Lord. We looked at that last time, three phases First of all, the, the the tribulation period, the time of Jacob's trouble, then the return of the Lord, which Lord willing, we'll look at next time. And then the third phase is the 1,000-year millennial kingdom, designed to bring to fruition all of those promises that God had made to Israel. And I should say, and the nations, because Israel will go forth as the great missionary Uh, to the rest of the world during that kingdom time okay so first the sufferings then the glory now for us though i have just have to add this before we jump in here for us it's difficult i think to read these scriptures or telling israel's and the jews history in such graphic terms but but bear with me being be encouraged as we look here today, because the glory will follow, okay? And God has an eternal purpose. Nothing that happens in this earth is without an eternal focus and purpose. One day as as a thousand years, Peter wrote, right? Um, God's time frame is beyond ours, right? But there is a future which will be eternal, right? And so all that happens here is with an eternal purpose and focus. And if we don't understand that, we'll be missing out on on the great riches of God while we're in this life, because we'll be simply overwhelmed by this life and our hope for the future will be diminished. Right. So we must take God at his word and to to see and know the eternal benefit of what God is doing today. Okay, so all that we read today has great implications for us today, but the essence of it is that when we see how God will keep his promises for Israel, surely we must know that he will keep his promises for us as well, right? Okay, so um, today there will be three three parts. We'll be uh, looking at the tribulation period, first of all, It's prophetic outline, it's prophetic outline, then it's prophetic themes, themes, and then it's prophetic objective. Okay, so the outline, the themes, and the objective. So first of all, the tribulation period, the time of Jacob's trouble, it's prophetic outline. It's just a a wonderful thing to see how God will work. in this time that he is uh establishing uh that that great work uh, as outlined here in scripture okay um first of all the outline the outline is something that we we may simply miss uh, altogether unless we're carefully focused so, first of all, the outline. We're going to read from Daniel chapter 9. And uh, there is no scripture. There's just a few verses there, but there's no scripture, in a certain sense, more profound than what's written there. Because it was given to Daniel to understand how God would work in the yet future time for his nation. And uh, there are time frames mentioned, there's the structure of history given there uh, in just a few verses. And uh, although we won't have time today to get into it in real detail, I, I did want you to at least look at it. Now, uh, about a year ago, we did consider it in great detail here in our studies on the long war against God. So those of you that were here at that time have already been through this, so today it's really intended just to be a, an overview. But uh, so, Linda, I'd like you to read it for us, and uh, and as you do, let's as all are listening, let's just realize this is just in a sort of in a nutshell uh, the future uh, of Israel re- revealed. It's not revealed in its totality. There's even more to occur after after uh, the events that are highlighted here, but uh, here is the structure of that and the outline of it. So, uh, Linda, please read for us Daniel chapter 9, verses 24
2: through 27. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sin and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah and the Prince shall be seventy weeks, and threescore in two weeks, the street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, But not for himself, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and upon the end of the war desolation are determined. And he shall confirm, confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the obligation to cease. And for the everlasting of abominations he shall make it desolate even shall the consummation and therefore be determined be poured upon the desolate.
0: Okay, thank you, Linda. Okay, so right there in just those few verses, we see what are called 70 weeks of prophecy revealed. And that takes us all the way from when uh, the commandment is given to rebuild the wall of the temple there after the Jews had been released from their captivity in Persia right and Babylon from that time uh, until actually the end uh, of the uh, millennial kingdom okay uh, the last week is uh, <clears throat> is just that. Um, so so we see weeks here uh used as a as sort of an abbreviation for years okay and week speaks of 7 so one week is is uh, 7 years and then 7 weeks is 49 and so forth and so on 70 70 constitutes 490 years uh therefore and and so what what's being given here is, this is just a very high-level outline of how at the appointed time, and I believe it was to the very day appointed, that the Lord Jesus Christ would be uh, sacrificed for our sins. And, of course, that's referred to here. It says Messiah will be cut off. Okay, And then it talks about things that are going to happen in the tribulation period which will be one week long. It says in verse 27, and uh, that's sort of the critical verse for our study here in the uh, scriptures that relate to the coming tribulation for Israel. But it says, He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and uh, so forth and so on. Okay, so uh he, he, he is mentioned here, He is the prince that shall come. (laughs) There will be, of course, you know, the uh, the nation of Israel with its Messiah, who has already come. He is prince indeed, right? But there will be a counterfeit prince presented to the world by uh, Antichrist, by Satan himself, ultimately, right? And so that is what's being referred to here. The prince that shall come is going to establish a worldwide covenant. And in fact, it will bring bring peace into a world which has not seen peace, right? But that peace will be interrupted in the middle, in the middle of that seven-year period. And so exactly at the center point, which is three and one-half years into that period, uh, will Satan... Reveal that he is in fact, uh, in charge and his, uh, his rule will be absolutely dictatorial. All must submit lest they receive, uh, his destruction, right? So it'll be a time of martyrdom for many. Now, unless we take this quite literally and see the weeks here as sevens of years, we will not understand at all what's being revealed here, and many don't because they will not take it literally. Okay, so when we look at it in detail, we see there are two three-and-a-half-year portions here, and I just want to show you a couple of quick scriptures to nail that down uh, and then quickly go on. First of all, Daniel 12, verse 7 uh, we read this, and, and and this actually is foundational here for understanding the book of revelation. Uh, what he says in daniel twelve seven is "I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth for ever that it shall be for a time, times and a half, and when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power." of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. So from Satan's perspective, he dominates the world, right? He and his angels, which are all fallen, of course. Uh, he has control of the earth and the people of the earth. And here it mentions a period of a time, times and a half. That's one plus two plus a half, three and one half, okay? So for three and one half years, uh he will... Totally shut down the power of the holy people of God, okay uh now in the book of revelation, the same periods of time are mentioned, and again it's it's called either three and a half years as it is here, a time and times and a half, or forty two months, okay, so that's how we know the time how long the times are that's a year times two years, and then a half three and a half years or Forty-two months, okay, and uh, so that's revealed in Revelation eleven two, in Revelation twelve fourteen also, and then in uh, Revelation thirteen, and I'll read there Revelation thirteen verses four and five, and they worship the dragon. So this is now talking about the second half of this. Tribulation period, okay? From when Satan institutes dictatorial rule over the face of this earth um, and presents himself as as the Christ, right? Because he is the counterfeit, okay? And demands obedience and worship of all. So Revelation chapter 13, verse 4, they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, and who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Okay, Okay, so that would then put the focus on the second half of the tribulation which is called the great the tribulation the great the second half and leads directly to the return of the lord okay now let's consider uh the prophetic themes being revealed here uh it, what what we could do since we've already looked at this in times past we could just give you a quick summary here but i want you to actually hear the words uh, as they're read so lisa i would like you to start out we're going to read quite a few verses here but please uh uh, bear with the lord here these are his words not mine right so lisa please read for us revelation 12 verses 1 through 6.
3: and there appeared a great wonder in heaven a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars and she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered. For to deliver her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days.
0: Okay, thank you, Lisa. So that's uh, just a summary statement, right? Uh, It actually goes far back in time and then far forward in time, right? And uh, skips everything in between. But one of the things that's in between is the offering up, of course, of our Lord Jesus Christ for the sins of the world, right? And it does mention that he was caught up then. This is the resurrection and ascension caught up into um, into heaven, right? Uh, but notice, notice that um, it says in verse 6, the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a 1,203 score days. Okay, it's talking about the elect of Israel being gathered by God into a special place to be preserved because otherwise, Of course, they would be destroyed entirely by Satan. That's his great plan, of course. Now, let's keep going here because uh, if you want to get the highest level view on this, it's found in the next couple of verses. So, Ted, would you please read for us sort of the view from the top? This is sort of the angelic level, as it were, uh, where God himself... Resides. So uh Revelation twelve verses seven through nine, Ted.
4: And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him.
0: Thank you, Ted. Now, this happens to be the very verse where we can correlate exactly who that serpent was in the Garden of Eden. This is the place in the Bible where it says that was the devil, that was Satan. Verse 9, Revelation chapter 12, draws the connection there, right? Um, It's stated explicitly. But notice what's happening here. There's angelic warfare. I mean, I don't know how often do we stop to think about this. But what's happening here on the earth is oftentimes the direct result of angelic warfare. It says here, Michael and his angels. Michael, the great archangel. And the righteous angels are fighting in battle against who? Against the dragon and his angels, right? It's no wonder then that on this earth uh, there are uh, amazing events occurring, and in the tribulation period, those events will be far more amazing than anything the world has ever seen. We're reading about that now, right? So that's the summary statement, and uh, I think it's quite an amazing one and a and a powerful one. Uh, Linda, would you read just two verses from Revelation twelve a little later? Uh, concerning this, just so we get the overview. So Revelation 12, verse 12, and then verse
2: 17. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he has but a short time. And the dragon was wrought with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Amen. So that's a great summary of exactly how this will develop. Satan and his angels now cast down out of the heavens where they had their realm. They could come to earth and work here, but their dwelling place was in the heavens. But they're going to be cast out. And uh the devil will know that he has but a short time now to finish up his program, right? And so it says, verse 17, the dragon was wroth with the woman and went, in other words, with Israel, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, right, Uh which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay, so that brings us then to... Uh, that's next section where we see what the ultimate test will be. So, Patty, you need to read from uh, Revelation 13, okay, verses 11 through 18, where we see Satan's and the Lord's ultimate test of those living at that time.
1: <clears throat> and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, And he spake as a dragon, and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword, and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, Now that's, uh, that has a lot of detail in it. It shows exactly how uh, the the beast is going to operate at that time to uh, ensure the total submission. Uh, and indeed, also worship of all who dwell on the earth but but of course uh really the <clears throat> the focus is always on Israel, not exclusively but on Israel, certainly also the Gentiles are under the rule here as well though uh it's easy for us to understand today how this could happen. It wouldn't have been easy for anyone in the past, however. Although maybe not so hard. Remember, back in ancient times, uh, the official coin of the realm had Caesar's mark on it, and it was a it was a uh, a crime worthy of death to falsify the currency of the realm. So you you could not uh, use money that you minted, gold coins that you minted. I mean, they would be considered contrary to the to Caesar, right? So, you had to give into Caesar that which was Caesar's and so forth and so on, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> today, that's especially easy with electronic commerce, such as it is. All that has to happen is for uh, hard currency to be outlawed, right? And for all uh, transactions to be done electronically. And then you will have to have the special code, or you can't buy or sell. And that's exactly what it's talking about here, right? Uh, you need a special number that gives you the right of access into the system, as it were. Okay, so what we see here, then, what the real crux of the long war against God is, is that Satan is out to destroy the seed of the woman, right, and his offspring living on earth at that time. And that'll be the elect Jewish remnant, Right. And if he can only destroy them, he will have succeeded. OK, well, that brings us uh, down to the point where we can see what the great test is. The great test uh, in the tribulation period is called the mark of the beast. OK, and uh, I'll just read uh, a couple of verses and uh, then we'll finish up with a great scripture at the end it says it was given unto him to make war with the saints this is revelation 13 7 Uh, given patty just read it i'm reading it again Uh, to make war with the saints and to overcome them and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations and all that dwell on the earth Uh, shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Well, it sure seems as if Satan is one, does it not? Uh, but God is going to preserve his people. And uh, it says so in chapter 14 uh, with these words, 14 and 8, there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup, of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Oh, But we know that the elect will not receive that mark. They'll be martyred, uh, but they will not receive that mark. And so we finally get to the ultimate objective of, of this great period in sacred history. And I want us to uh, to just consider that by having Ted read for us from Zechariah chapter 13. And uh, for lack of more time, we'll just uh, read verses 1 and 6.
4: In that day there shall be a fountain opened to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanliness or uncleanness. And now six, and one shall say unto him, what are these wounds in thine hand? Then he shall answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends.
0: Okay, thank you, Ted. So this great deliverance and the fulfillment of the land promises and uh, all of that uh, which God promised Israel is not going to be without spiritual deliverance as well, right? There will be a great spiritual deliverance as to Israel is revealed the identity of their Messiah, right? You see, even up to the end, he returns and he's presented to them and they say to him, what are these wounds in thine hand? Because their blindness has prevented them from seeing the glorious uh Savior, right? And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? And he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. So national deliverance and even individual will come, but it will not be apart from a true salvation, in other words, a spiritual salvation as well, as they receive their Messiah. And then with that foundation, they will go into the kingdom that the Lord will establish, and they will then evangelize the world, okay? So at the beginning of the, of the kingdom, there'll be no unsaved. They will have all been removed, and only the believers left. That's what prophecy reveals. Okay, so let's uh, conclude by simply saying this. Um, the sacred calendar of prophecy is established. The Lord knows the end from the beginning. And uh, the themes of that are really precious. You see that Satan will counterfeit as best he can the work of God. He always works to counterfeit the work of God because he's presenting himself or his chosen ones as the Christ, right? Uh, he's presenting his own Christ in place of the true Christ. So if you want to understand and we should always want to understand how is God working today the question would be well what is God doing today and then you can see what what Satan is doing by just considering what he must do to counteract or to prevent God from doing his great work so today what is God doing today working out his grace right and its fullness what is Satan doing He's conflicting that by adding law, by adding religion, by adding works, right? And that effectively uh, cuts off uh, the flow of God's grace, of course, as you might expect, right? So praise the Lord. Uh, when we read Scripture, we can see God will accomplish his purpose for even his people of Israel, even though they've been so rebellious for so long. And that should give us all great comfort to know that he will uh fulfill his promises to us as well. So praise the Lord and uh, and amen and amen. Uh is there any uh thing that you would like to add today as uh we uh go to prayer in a moment? Anything you'd like to add?
3: I have a question. Jim. Yeah.
0: Go go ahead.
3: Um in revelation 12 i'm glad that you covered this today um as you know all the prophecy people or the mid-tribbers think that um revelation 12 uh 5 is the rapture of the church going up mid-trib yes. um, and even some pre-tribbers think that that's the the rapture of the church uh the man-child being caught up into god um, what is this verse really referring to? Who is the man-child that is being caught up into God in Revelation twelve?
0: Oh, uh, <clears throat> well, I think that it's giving you a high level overview of all of prophetic history. I see, and uh, and so notice the chi- what? Who who is the child? Right, the child was the Christ child, all right? right? <clears throat> yeah, uh, is also mentioned. Right. So right. this is just giving an overview of the whole thing from when Satan first fell and yeah. and with and drew off a third of the angels. And then finally, the seed of the woman comes forth into the world. And he, he of course, uh, matures and eventually is sacrificed. And then after his death, from the dead caught up into heaven's glory. Right. And then the time is set for the second coming once these tribulation events are finally accomplished. So that's uh, what I think. That's
3: okay. My- is there any chance that um, that it could be the 144,000? I've also heard a teaching that the man-child could be the 144,000 that is caught up into God. Is there any uh, grounds for that being true? Um.
0: Uh, well, I don't think it fits in with the overall summary statement here at all. But, I got you. You know, I mean, I so I would say no. Okay. Yeah. You know, in fact, it would be a diversion, a great diversion from the main uh, teaching there.
3: Okay. So this is basically a summary statement of what has happened. It's not necessarily moving along through the book of Revelation progressively.
0: Well, the book of Revelation is not progressive. There are many things out of order historically. Okay. Um, and and in fact, that that makes makes the study of the book of Revelation very difficult because even very early on, there are summary statements that cover the whole period of the of the tribulation, right? Whereas later on, it's giving the detailed breakdown of exactly how it's going to happen. So. But historical order isn't found there uh, often. It's um, usually many things are are found out of order. But that's not unusual in in prophecy. Like if you read the the prophecies uh, to Isaiah through Isaiah, um, it's similar, right? Uh, he's skipping around in in historical time. Same is true with Daniel's prophecies. Okay. Prophets receive prophecy, and that that is given, but the interpretation of that isn't even necessarily understood by the prophet, of course. But, you know, Daniel didn't understand. He got to chapter where chapter 12 uh, says of him that I don't understand any of this, and he's told that it's all sealed up until the time of the end, and then they'll understand it.
3: <laughs> oh, right. That's very true. Very true. You know, <laughs> yeah. and I find it uh, amazing that... Um, Just to read the verses that you had us go through today, I love those verses, and I've been uh, looking them over for years and trying to understand, and the commentary is so helpful. But it's amazing how um, the Lord has foretold us these things, so that when people see these things take place, and it's been pre-written, that people will believe, that there is no denial. It's, it's it's amazing how, how descriptive the Lord is and how these things are going to take place. And when people see that, they're going to know that God is true.
0: Yes. And wouldn't you want to assume, I mean, we might just rather superficially, uh, we may often think that how can anyone not believe today we see so many evidences, right? But in the tribulation period, how many evidences will be seen, right? Right. And yet they will not believe until the end
3: amazing amazing That's
0: because of the blindness that is on the hearts and it, it's so so great so when god removes the blindness for you or for myself right in the course of our short years right what a incredible miracle indeed right
3: All right thanks jim
0: yeah
3: well
4: i i have a question here um is the book of Re- in the book of the revelation um I don't really see the church, the body of Christ, um, even in there. Isn't it predominantly to um, Israel, to the little flock, and and about the kingdom?
0: Yes, entirely. I don't believe the church is in the book of Revelation at all, even in chapter 3, where people want to go. Because that's reading the rapture into verses that aren't aren't even about that. He just says, I'll keep keep them from this critical part of the tribulation, which we just read about. He's going to take them off into the wilderness and protect them, right? <clears throat> yeah, I think you're right, Ted. Okay, any other comments before we go to the Lord in prayer? Okay, let's... let's uh, Thank the Lord. Father God, thank you so much for gathering us here today and for this great blessing that it is to uh, enjoy, to enjoy uh, all that you're doing today under grace, but also to know, uh, to know well, what will yet be accomplished for your people, Israel. And Father, may we be encouraged as we consider that. And Father, so we thank you so much and uh all that you're doing today may we redeem the time for apart from that the days are truly evil so father we we would commit each one uh, to you father and to the word of your grace which is able to build us up and give us that that just marvelous inheritance in christ's name amen okay praise the lord all and uh, may you uh, enjoy him today and always